uh, read our scripture today in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Chris, you can put that up there for me. I appreciate it. Amen. God is good. And all the time, as we are getting to their seats, I do want to talk to you a little bit that, you know, God is, is using dreams. How many have had some dreams this year? Come on, everybody. I know well. How many have had some visions this year? Amen. The, the, the Bible tells in the book of Joel, and obviously Peter quoted in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 17. He said, in the last days, young men should have visions and old men should have dreams. Come on now. We in the last days. Hallelujah. We're starting to see the Spirit of God begin to move. And when God begins to speak to you in dreams and visions, or if it's just one word, I encourage you today to write it down and stay on that until God gives you a release. Can I get amen? amen. And then God will give you a release for his glory, for his honor, and for his praise. Let's read Hebrews 13, verse 8. Read with me like you're full of the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Glory to God. All right, here we go. Let's, let's try, we're going to try something here today. Don't even look at the screen. See if you can just say it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Amen. That is the Word of God. The power of the Word of God. I was trying to quote a scripture the other day. I could not think of it, and all of a sudden it came to me. And I said, Lord, I don't remember. I remember I was going over that and over that and over that. And it was one of the series we did a few months ago. And God gave me, just reminded me, because we, we kept quoting it and quoting it and quoting it. So today I want to talk to you. We're going to on part two of our series of learning from a crisis. How many of you feel like you're in a little bit of a crisis? Anybody? Oh, man, I tell you what, I was... I have never been so nervous to go to church in all my life today. All right, can I just be real with you? I'm just going to break down and be as real as I can. It was so funny. Tuesday, Sandy and the boys were here, and Donnie was here, and Dinah was here, and we had to do a, a funeral meal, which um, I enjoy that part of uh, the funerals because I love to spend time with the family and love on them because you've already had an opportunity. You've already seen that death is here, so it usually gives you an opportunity to talk more about Jesus. Amen. I love talking about Jesus. How about you all? Amen. Amen. And, and so we walk in, and it looks like it looks like there's an outbreak. I mean, Sandy's got masks on. They got gloves on. They're being respectful, trying to give food. And I looked at them, and they're like, "We do not like these masks." You know. <laughs> and Donnie says, "I said they're not required to wear these." And Donnie says, "Hey, if you don't want to wear these, you don't have to." And everybody, but like two people, went. Rawr, rip those things off, you know, and they ate, but we kept ours on our ma and our gloves on to be respectful as we serve food to the people. And I was like today, you know, Lord, what do I do? I know you spoke to me today. I know you, you told me to do, and, um, but it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes we do things we just don't know what to do, and, but we just do what God tells us to do. God is so faithful. Can I get amen? And I'm just kind of waiting on the Lord right now, if it's okay with you all. I've learned that if I do anything in my own ability, I will not, I will not succeed. But if I do everything through the Spirit of, of Holy, the Holy Spirit of God, then I will succeed. And I won't get the glory, He'll get the glory. Amen? Even every decision that I make, I just try to wait on God. I get in the Word of God and I try to wait on God. And I'm learning uh, many times in my life that I would have caused, I wouldn't have had my own crisis, though. I would have just waited on God. I, but I, I did it on my own ability, in my own time, my own terms. But God would say, hey, wait on me. Wait on my time. But we're talking today a little bit about a justify. Everybody say justify. justify. 
or excuse. I love the way Batman just said, justify, all right? Justify, all right? Are you justified? Are you excuse yourself? Have you ever made excuses? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I am the king of excuses. I heard DC Talks, and I have one for every selfish thing that I do. A DC Talk song there, 1995. They're going to be in the light. But anyway, I will bring that back. Becky brought that to my attention. And I remember, remember jamming to that back in, back in middle school. But justify, and it, the definition of justify is this, show or prove to be right or reasonable. You know, in the middle of the crisis right now, we will justify ourselves. I heard this yesterday, uh, last night, I was listening to a preaching friend of mine uh, up, in, uh, up in northern Indiana, and he, and he said this, he said 30% of people have not, not just not attended the church, but they quit watching church online. 30% of the body of Christ has already fallen away from the Lord. 30%. Unbelievable. They're not even watching online now. They're not even, they're just doing whatever they need to do. If 30% have said, you know what? I, it's been a tight time. I'm just, I don't see the importance. And they walked away from the relationship of God. Church, I encourage you, if you cannot be here uh, in the building at 8.30, I would tell my kids, if it was up to me, if I would feel comfortable being in the building, at 8.30, we're going to be in front of the TV, or we're going to be in front of an iPad, and we're going to have church in our house. Can I get amen? amen. It's important to see, the, understand the importance of being in the house of God. Communion, fellowship with each other. Brother Dave came to my attention, this men need to be together more often. I said, man, that's a spot-on word. So every, the last Friday of every month, uh, this, uh, the rest of the year, besides December, we're going to get together, aren't we, Will? We're going to hang out, us men, and just and, and love on each other and let God speak to us. And Brother Dave's going to bring a, a great word the 28th of August, and we're excited to be together because the men, the church has to be together, amen? And I know some people are watching online, I love it that we have opportunities now that some are coming because they're not comfortable and that's okay, but they're still coming to prayer on Wednesday night or they're coming to men's Bible study on Thursday. So there's still ways to, st to stay connected. Can I get an amen? amen? The enemy might try to take the legs out of the church, but God's kingdom and God's glory and God's work will still go forward. No matter what we have to do, the kingdom of God will still go forward. Let me ask a question today. How do we justify ourselves during a crisis? Well, you know, you, you say, well, you know, when I get to this certain point in my life, you know, the, you know right now it's, it's the COVID and, and I don't feel like doing this and this, that, and this. But as soon as COVID's over, oh, I'll, I'll do this or I'll do that. Anybody ever said that themselves? All right, the next question is how do we justify our relationship with Jesus? You know, it's, it's okay right now. We're not having Wednesday church, you know. Sunday's, I, I can do this, I can do that. It'll be, it'll be okay. The enemy was all he's looking for is a little crack. All he wants is a little crack. That's all he needs. If he has a little crack, he can come right on in. He's waiting for you to, to crack and make an excuse. I tell you what, men and women of God, we must be on guard right now. The next four months is crucial in this nation. The next, I'm going to keep saying, next four months is crucial in this nation. We have to keep praying. We're going to do a series right before um, November. Donnie, and Donnie's going to love this. He might have to help me with it. Dave might have to help me with it too. But we're going to do about voting. 
and talk about parties and what they stand for. Because I want to be sure. I'm not going to promote a candidate, but I am going to tell you what they stand for. And I am going to promote the Word of God. We need to know how to vote as Christians and get the right people in the right office. Can I get amen? Amen. Pastor John, you're getting political. No, I'm being the Word of God. We have been quiet too long. We were quiet back in the 70s. They took prayer out of school. And look what happened in the school, school shootings. It's time for us to stand in love and tell the truth of God and speak the Word of God and declare that Jesus Christ is King over this nation. I already told my wife, I already told my wife, if they arrest me, praise God, I'm going to have Wayne go with me. He'll say, he said he was going to walk in and say, hey everybody, good to see you again. <laughs> we're going to go in together, man, we're going to declare, get people saved in the jail if we have to. Because I don't want, we're not stopping with the kingdom of God. And I'm going to say something really bold, that I probably shouldn't say as we're live streaming, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm never planning to shut this church down ever again. Come on, church. We're not shutting down again. Because we did it before. It didn't happen much. We're not going to shut it down again. We're going to keep the doors open in the house of God. Glory to God. Might need a lawyer, but it's okay. I don't care, man. To live a Christ, to die is gain. I'm going to do what I want the acceptance of my Heavenly Father more than anything. That's all I care about is Him because He's the King and He's the glory. I'm living for Him. That's it. I want Him to be in control. Amen? I don't want to be in control. I'd be a, it'd be a hot mess, all right? Everybody say hot mess. Oh, it'd be a hot mess. I know, I know, Will. I just said it. He's like, he just said hot mess. (laughs) Psalms 73 verse 26 says this. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. And the Lord, he is the one who goes, what? He will be with, what? He will not leave you nor forsake. Do not, do not, say it one more time, do not, nor be dismayed. God is with you and he is in control. He has a situation under control. He's not out of control and he doesn't know what to do and we're not sure what we're going to do. God Almighty is still in control and he's still on the throne and he is still good. Hallelujah. Phil, at the time, I heard a pastor say this the other day. He said, we kind of feel like we're like the end of our rope, so we're just like both barrels we're preaching now. You know, <laughs> we're like getting it all out there while we still can. Glory to God. But, you know, I, 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 told, the, I told a Grandpa Harry story today with Tracy, and uh, I haven't told a Grandpa Harry story in a while. Uh, if you remember, Grandpa Harry had a ninth grade education, very wise man. And um, Grandpa always would say, you know, Granny, that's what he called his wife. You gotta love that name. Alyssa, you better never call me Granny. I said, all right. <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right. And so I said, Granny, you know, when I get a little bit older, or when things slow down, me and you are gonna go travel. And then he even told, he told my dad, and he told me, I'm gonna take this old school bus that I drive every day. I'm taking the seats out. I'm gonna put me a pot belly stove in there, and we're gonna live in that and drive all around. Now, he wasn't joking. He was serious, all right? That's just the way Grandpa was. He, 
he was uh, quite the redneck, all right? I loved it. And, uh, but you know, Grandpa got sick when he was younger and he never got to travel. The only time he was away from his home was when he was in the hospital. And my dad saw that when he was young, a younger man, and he decided when we were young that when he first started pastoring the church here, about two years in the pastor and turning our first Southern, he decided to take family vacations. And he said, I'm not going to wait until it's too late. Church, if I could tell you anything, don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait and say, oh, you know, I'm not talking about vacation, but what I am talking about, don't wait and make excuses and say, God, I'll do it when I get here. God, I'll do it when then. Don't justify your relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, I am, I justify myself. I notice, you know, you ask God to show you things, and I notice how many times I justify myself. I'll say, all right, Lord, today I'm going to get up and I'm going to fast all day. Next thing you know, you're eating a meal. You know, Lord, I'm going to spend an hour in prayer. Next thing you know, you get up in 30 minutes. Lord, I'm going to do this, and God, I'm going to do that. If you tell me to go to my neighbor's house, even though they're mean to me, and tell them about Jesus, I'm going to go, and you don't end up going. But tell my coworkers about you, other than you don't go. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, you know, we make excuses. And I, I saw this, it's kind of funny, um, so I'm going to read this. But these were excuses that people used to be late for work, and these were actually true. Uh, these really were, uh, were said. And uh, it said this, like, my cat got stuck in the toilet. All right, that was one of the reasons, like, okay, that's uh, interesting. I couldn't eat breakfast. I ran out of milk for cereal, had to buy some before getting ready for work. I fell asleep in the car when I got to work. Well, they were tired, all right? I actually, this is a funny one here. I actually put super glue in my eye instead of contact lens solution and had to go to the emergency room. I had a hole in my roof, caused the rain to fall on the alarm clock, and it didn't go off. I love this one. This guy's super honest. I was watching something on TV and really wanted to know how it ended. <laughs> this is great. I forgot the company had changed locations. <laughs> and I got a hairbrush stuck in my hair. We all can make excuses. We make excuses all the time. In our walk with the Lord, we make excuses for who we are and where we're at. But today, I don't, I don't want to be a man of God and will not make excuses. I will walk forward, even if I have to humble myself, even if I have to repent, even if, no matter what I have to do, I will want to walk forward and not make excuses. Can I get amen? Open your Bibles today, or your iPads, or your iPhones, or smartphones, to um, Exodus 32. We're going to spend a little time on this story here. We're going to go one through five, starting out. And Moses has been up in the Mount Sinai for a few days, a few nights. Um, he's been there for a little bit, and the people are getting restless. And uh, so this is where we're at. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain. They gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said. Make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So we'll put verse 2 up there. I love that they're already calling him a fella, like he was just somebody, just like he was just a guy mowing the grass. All right? This was Moses, the great servant of God. And they already forgot who brought them out of Egypt. It, it, it was God Almighty. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and your sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. And when Aaron took the gold, melted it down, molded it into the shape of a calf. And when the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited 
the people were. Now, Aaron was more excited about the, the acceptance of people than he was the acceptance of God. We're going to get to that in a second. So he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. So, get more into that story here in a second. Number one today, we know that they were waiting for a while. And they were waiting. And you know, in times of waiting, I learned, we've learned a lot that God will bring out things that need to come out, and they only come out when you're waiting. Amen? How many were, were we are waiting to come back to church, waiting to come back to church, if like we'd never get back here? And there were some things that God was revealing to all of us that needed to work on. Anybody know I'm talking about? And we, we allow sometimes, we, we thought that we used the building, we used the crutch of the building, we used the crutch of the, of the body, and God says, no, you need to individually do this yourself. You know, you need to work on this yourself. It's not the church's fault. It's, it's you that needs these to work. See, how many times you hear people and you witness to them and you tell them about Jesus and they say, oh, I would be in a better shape if it wasn't for that pastor. See, anybody know what I'm talking about? I guess I'm the only one. All right, you know, so maybe I am that pastor. I don't know, all right? You know? And uh, just kidding. I'm just trying to get you to laugh. Um, but maybe, you know, and there's a lot of times that they, they blame other people. We excuse other things and say, well, I would be here and I would do this if, you know, this, that, and the other. You know, see, look at this question I feel is, God did not forget about them. Moses did not forget about them. We know in Isaiah 40, 31, we all know the scripture. Read it with me real quick. But those who wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. Shall mount up with wings like easel. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. But those who wait on the Lord. See, there was something that happened here that I want to kind of get into a little bit. The enemy used Aaron's insecurities to, to lead the people astray. God gave Aaron an opportunity to lead and to hold the fort down while, while Moses and Joshua were away. And, and the enemy saw that. Maybe he felt to himself, you know, I'm tired of being in his shadow. It's always Moses this and, and Moses that and this, that, and the other. And, Mo, and Aaron, instead of leaving, leading what God told him to do, he was leading from his emotions. Well, we always say, you know the saying, it's okay to have emotions, but what? And emotions, because he wanted to be accepted so bad by the core of the Israelites that he would do anything they told him to do, and he forgot the first thing that God told him to do. That the enemy used someone that was insecure, that their confidence wasn't in God, that their confidence was in accepting the people and the, the pleasing of people, instead of using your acceptance should be in God Almighty. And your confidence should be in God. Can I get an amen? amen? See, if you know who you are in Christ, it doesn't matter what people bring at you. It doesn't matter what people say about you. Yes, it's going to hurt. But I'm going to tell you today, but you know who you are in Christ. And you know how God looks at you and how God loves you. And God chases you down no matter what. See, he was, he was wanting to be accepted so bad that he forgot his first love. We do that sometimes. I know I've done it in the factory many times. I wanted the people to laugh or I wanted the people to like you. And you would say things that you shouldn't probably say. You would let your guard down for one moment 
and say things out of a weak moment. I love that Moses never did. But I have this quote for you. I want to put this up here. Can you put that quote up here? And it says this. If you're not mature enough to be rejected, then you'll not be mature enough to be accepted. If you're not mature enough to be rejected, then you will not be mature enough to be accepted. They will reject you for the name of Jesus Christ. If you say, I love Jesus, oh, they're one of them. Absolutely, I'm one of them. I'm a child of the Most High. Hallelujah. Amen. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I have Jesus living inside of me, and I want to tell you about a Jesus that loves you, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. I want to tell you about a Jesus. I know you've seen religion, but let me tell you about a relationship. And his name is Jesus, and he'll never hurt you. He'll never point your finger at you. He's going to love you no matter where you're at and what you do and what you say. He'll keep coming after you. That's the Jesus I want to tell about. Religion has killed Christianity. I've seen people all the time that you mention the name of Jesus, they want to hit you inside the head. Because they were hurt by someone that was religious. They were hurt by someone that couldn't walk out what they were saying. Oh, is it getting real in here today? I wasn't planning on saying that. Glory to God. Mm. They're saying things that they don't even mean. Their mind says it, but their heart is not changed. I heard this saying today, and Wayne said it in, in Bible study Thursday. They have enough Jesus to get to heaven but they don't have enough heaven in them. They have enough Jesus to make it to heaven, but they don't have enough heaven in them to change lives all around. Amen. I pray that one moment some times in my life that when I feel that the enemy is trying to attack me and he's trying to come against me, that I will raise my hands up and I will praise the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and that every demonic plan of the enemy will bow his name to the name of Jesus Christ that I will not give in to the world, that I will be like Christ, and Christ has called me to be. Amen. Now check this out, man. This is so cool. I mean, I think this would have been a really good short movie, actually. And so God says to Moses, they're on the mountain, and he says, hey, quickly, go down to the mountain. Uh, your people that you brought to the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Uh, how quickly they've turned away that I've commanded them, and they've melted down gold, they've made a calf. Um, and, he's, and God is very upset. And they said to God, this gold calf brought them out of Egypt. In verse 9, he says, that, And the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. And so God says, I'm going to make you, Moses, into a great nation. God's anger is so upset. He's about to wipe them all out. So we forget about the fear of God. Church, I, I mean, I know the love of God is stronger than the fear of God, but we understand that we just, 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 just do things we should not do. There is consequences. Amen? Amen. I had a man call me the other day. He said, you know, do, 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 do. you know, kind of one of those things, you know. I just listened to him for a while. And I was like, okay, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, 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 okay. Are you done? I think so, you know. And I said, you brought it on yourself. And he says, well, I know, but do, 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 do. If you stay in the victim, you'll always be a victim. Now you need to repent. I have. All right, now you've got to rise out of this and you have to move on. But you open the door time and time and time again. I love you and I'll be here with you till the end, till your last breath or my last breath or till whatever. But we're going to get through this together. But you have to understand you are not a victim. You're a child of the Most High. 
You got royal blood in your you got royal blood in your veins, man. Come on, church. We got royal blood in your veins. And I don't know about you, I got royal blood in my veins. I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I'm not going to make excuses anymore. I'm going to walk in the freedom and the liberty of God Almighty. Amen. And, I, and I explained to him, you're going to have a little tough time, but God's going to be with you and he's going to get you through this. So God was upset. And, he, and Moses, uh, verse 11, this is the New King James Version. I don't know what it says, the King James Version. But it says, he tried to pacify the Lord. He tried to tell God, please don't do this. You know, why, I know you're so upset. And this is what it says, verse 12 through 14. We'll read this. Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them with the evil intention of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth? Turn away from your fierce anger. This is Moses talking to God. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. Now look at verse 13. He's talking, he's talking about the word of God. And this is what he says to God. Remember your servants. What are their names? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God loves when you speak the word back to him. Can I get an amen? amen. You should be speaking the word over your children too. You bound yourself with an oath to them, saying, I will make descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven. I will give them all of this land that I have promised you to your descendants, and they will possess it forever. Now look at verse 14. I want you to read these first Six words. So the Lord changed his mind. Glory to God. You're saying, Pastor John, we were seeing there's a lot of things that prophets are saying, and I believe a lot of this could happen if we do not pray, church. Hallelujah. We have to pray. Well, yeah, so-and-so, this is all going to happen. No, it's not going to happen if we don't pray. You're going to start seeing now because we're in near the end times that God will a lot of times give you two different visions. He'll give you a vision of what could happen if you start praying and what happens if you don't pray. And I believe a lot of these visions of people are seeing what happens if we don't come together as the body of Christ. God is warning us right now. And so we have to understand the importance of coming together and praying. So I'm going to do something. All right. Wednesday night at 6.15, if you can, I'm encouraging everyone that can come on Zoom. I've got, you don't have to pray. You can just be there and listen. But I'm asking for 30 people to show up. Amen. 30 people, all right? 30 people to come. That's, that's like less than 10% of the church that would say, I'm going to come. I know some people are praying here, so I get that. The intercessors are praying. But I'm asking for 30 people. Surely out of 250 people, we could get 30 people to show up and say, I'm going to pray. Get online. You don't have to pray. Just be there. You know, I, I got something going on. Put your headsets on and put on mute. Just listen to us pray. I'm asking today, church, please, you don't understand the importance. I got people that put their headsets on Bible study. Don't we, Will? And they mow grass. Uh, Matt Overly is always welds. And, you know, people are, are and one guy works at a, at a place, works night shift. He puts on Bible study for he can listen to the men of God. I'm asking you today, please come to prayer at 615. So I say that, how many days I'm going to get on Zoom at 6.15 and I'm going to pray with Pastor John? Come on, come on, come on. I need some, I need some people say, I'm going to pray today. I'm going to pray today. I'm going to pray today. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. That's like service too. And online too, please join in. It doesn't matter where you're at. We had a man uh, about six weeks ago wasn't it, from Australia that joined the men's Bible study that Jim got to witness to and he came on our Bible study from Australia. That's awesome, isn't it? Praise. Let's give God a hand clap for that. Glory to God. 
He asked Will, do you care if he comes? Will's like, absolutely not. That's fantastic. <laughs> it was so good. So we know that God changed his mind about the terrible disaster that he had threatened to bring on his people. Second Chronicles 7.14 is so important. If my people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked way, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land and forgive their sins. That's when it begins to happen, is when we begin to pray. Because someone came to me when I, I saw a lot of these prophecies, and they said, Pastor John, is this really going to happen? I said, well, if that's the case, 2 Chronicles 7.14 is not true. If that's the case, then Exodus 32 never happened. Because we know we begin to pray and seek the face of God and repent from our sins, that God can and he will sometimes change his mind. We, but we have to pray. So he, Moses goes down the mountain. I'm sure he's very upset. He's got tablets in both hands. And he's going down the mountain, and, and Joshua and them. And Joshua hears a noise, and he says, sounds like, uh, sounds like they're having war in a camp. And Moses says, no, it's a shout of uh, victory, or it's just wailing defeat, the sound of celebration. And they get down there, and they're, and they're dancing. And they're, and, they, and they're dancing in front of these calves. they got fire going on. They're living a pagan life. And I know it's hard for us to understand that right now in verse 19, but understand today, the Lord showed me this. There's been times in my life that I, maybe I haven't put a gold calf out, but I have put things before God. What's the difference between me putting things before God? Maybe I put my wife or my kids before God. Maybe sometimes I put my job before, before God. And God wants to be your first love. Amen? Amen? When we wake up in the morning, we should be doing, come on, you know this, we should be doing Psalms 118.24, saying, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You get up and let you know, this is God. This is your day, not my day. I want your agenda. I want what you want me to do, and I'm going to walk in your steps. I'm going to walk in your Holy Spirit. Can I get amen? amen. We will rejoice and be glad. So, when he sees it, he's upset. He breaks the covenants that were written by the hand of God. God written the covenants on the foot of the mountain. This is what it says, verse 20 to 29. He took the calf, and they had made it, and he burned it. Now, I love it. He walks in. Moses walks in with all those people doing what they're doing. I want to just explain this to you real quick. I don't think we see this enough. He walks in with him and Joshua. And he doesn't, he doesn't get right. He just doesn't ask questions. He goes right to the calf. He goes right to the problem. Sometimes we got to go right to the problem, amen? amen? He goes right to the problem, and he grabs that, and he grabs that calf, and he burns it. Now, there was a lot more of them than there was, was of Moses. But no one said, what do you think you're doing, Moses? No one dared ask Moses a question. You're saying, why was that? Was Moses packing a gun? No, there wasn't guns back in those days, all right? Moses did not know martial arts, no. Why was it? Because they seen the power of Almighty God through Moses, and they knew they wouldn't be just fighting Moses, they'd be fighting God. And you're saying, John, what does that have to do anything with me? Because if people see you living the standard that God has called you to live, and you're not making excuses in your walk with God, they will see the power of God, and they know they're not just messing with you, they're messing with God Almighty. Because God is fighting for you, pushing back the darkness. See, they got a hold of that. They understand, whoa, whoa, Moses is upset. And Moses seems like, man, he is intense. I love this in verse 20. Then he grounded into powder, the gold statue, that is, 
threw it in the water, and he forced the people to drink it. He was understanding because he understood that what happened, that what Aaron allowed to happen, there was going to be something that was going to happen that was going to be very bad for the Israelites. Finally, he turned to Aaron and demanded, what do these people do to you to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? Don't get so upset, my Lord, Aaron replied. You yourself know how evil these people are. Here we go. We know when we get in trouble, we're trying to excuse and we're trying to pass the buck. Aaron was a man that was called to lead while Moses was gone. So it stops at Aaron. So I want to encourage you, put verse 24 up if you can. God has called you, mom and dads, grandma and grandpas, aunts and uncles, Sunday school teacher. God has called you to lead. How are we leading? Are we leading with our family, telling our family about the, the, about the mighty God that we serve? Or are we leading sometimes like Aaron? We make an excuses. Verse 24. This is probably, to me, the funniest scripture of all Old Testament. So forgive me for laughing if it's improper. I, I apologize. But I know Richard Riley will laugh because he's the same sense of humor. So I told them, this is, this is Aaron, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. When they brought it to me, I simply threw it in the fire and out came this calf. Like, come on, man. That's the best excuse that you could come up with, Aaron. I mean, you know he was mad. I mean, you saw him making people drink water, gold water. But that's the best excuse you could. Well, out came the calf. Like, like okay, Moses is like, yeah, you're okay. You're right. <laughs> I totally get it now, you know. Uh, that just cracks me up, and I'm sorry. It's just funny. Moses saw that Aaron had let the people get completely what? Read this with me. Out of control. Hmm. Much the amusement of their enemies. So he stood at the entrance of the camp and shouted, All of you who are on the Lord's side, come here and join me. And all the Levites gathered around him. But not everyone. Moses told them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, said. Each of you, take your swords and go back and forth from one end of the camp to the other, kill everyone, even your brothers, your friends, and your neighbors. Because one man let his guard down. Because one man has excused himself for one moment. Then the Levites obeyed Moses' command, and about how many churches say 3,000 people died that day. Then Moses told the Levites, Today you have ordained yourself for the services of the Lord, for you obeyed him, even though it meant killing your own sons and daughters. Today you have earned a blessing. What a sad day. You imagine Brother Dave, Brother Tim, Will, Jeremy, because your family was not standing on the Lord's side that you had to take a sword and kill your own, ki- your own kids. You had to kill your neighbors. You had to kill your best friend because they would not stand for what God wants. Whew. We understand today, go ahead and come on up, Becky, that our excuses, we make excuses time and time again, but church, today is the day that excuses are no longer going to work. 
Today, today, we're going to say, I want to be what you've called me to be. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care how many people make fun of me. I don't care what they say about me. I'm not going to make excuses anymore because there is consequences at the very end. We see men all the time and women all the time that decide to have infidelity relationships. And what happens out of that? It's a broken marriage. The kids are, are messed up for many years because one person decided to have a weak moment and let their guard down and go against the vows they made with their husband and wife and, and cause an affair. And I'm not here to beat people down. I'm not trying to beat on the Bible. I love that God's grace is sufficient for me. Amen? And I know that we can just call in one breath and for repent and ask God. Some people ask me, I got a call this week and says, Hey, Pastor John, who do you suggest and who do you not suggest about who I should listen to? And I really don't like going into conversation, but it was a family member of mine. And I said, Well, you know, but this person is one breath away from repenting. So they could be good tomorrow. They could be good right now. I don't know that. It's one ring of repenting and saying, I shouldn't have, should have preached the right stuff. I should have preached about the power of God, and I should have preached against sin itself. Can I get amen? Because there's a lot of pastors that want to preach against the word sin. Can you stay with me today? When I was a young, young, thin guy with more hair back in the day, I first started preaching, I was full of fire, and that's all I had. And I got to preach this a bigger church, and... Uh, and we preached, and we preached on hell. And, uh, man, it was, it was intense. You cut it with a knife. And uh, at the very end, we, we got done, and I went to get gas uh, at the gas station here in town. And the pastor of that church, just for some reason, was there. And he said to me, I'm so glad that someone could preach about hell in that church. Amen. And I said, why don't you? He says, I can't. I'd lose my job. And I thought to myself, if we can't talk about sin, we can't talk about hell. Church, this is where we're at. That was 13 years ago. We have to understand that we serve a holy God. Amen. Be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. The altar call today is this. I want to tell one story before I get to that is this. I'm, I'm going to be right down here with this. I'm going to say, God, forgive me for all the excuses I've made. Forgive me for all the times I blamed everybody else but myself. There was a very famous comedian that died 15, 20 years ago, I believe. And he was well, in, in the early 70s and stuff. He was probably the most popular guy on television. And uh, they, I was, saw something the other day, the reason why I watched it, but I felt compelled to watch it. And he talked about it the last a few minutes of his life. And he said even when he died, God was married five times, four kids, numerous infidelity relationships, numerous times was arrested for alcohol and a very verbal abuse to his children. And, um, but he said every time he would make a mistake, he would get on TV and he would say this, I'm only this way because of my mother. He never earned every infidelity relationship Every time he was an alcoholic, he'd never, he would never take that responsibility. He'd always pass it on to his mother that passed on for many years. I don't know about you. I, I want to say, God, here I am. I've seen him. I, I love seeing men and women of God say, Lord, I'm coming humble to the throne, and I'm not excusing myself anymore. Because I am made in your image, and you've given me your Holy Spirit to overcome any temptation that comes my way.
And where we're going to see the power of God. And we're going to see God move tremendously these next few months. Amen? Amen. Go ahead, Becky.